to the second season of Pop Culture Elevator. You might get off on the wrong floor, but it'll still be the right one. I'm Danny. And I'm Mark. We're going to follow the rabbit down some deeper holes, and we might just make it to Wonderland. That sounds like the adventure we're looking for. We will deep dive into some newer films, but also take a look at some of our older favorites. No movie is too big or too small for us to handle. And hey, we'll even have some time to talk about film news and our favorite celebrities. That's why we're the host of Pop Culture Elevator. Now let's, let's get, get this show on the road. And passengers, we'd love for you to message us. So if you'd like to, you can reach us at a few different places. Our email is popcultureelevator at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is PCE Podcast. Instagram is at popcultureelevator. Facebook is facebook.com slash popcultureelevator. When Mark and I talk about pop culture, we have a hard time censoring ourselves. So there are spoilers. Some of these spoilers are many years old and some only a few days old. We just want you to know what you're getting into. So if you haven't seen the movie we were talking about, you might want to pause this and watch said film. This is your spoiler warning. Welcome back, passengers, to another episode of Pop Culture Elevator, where we're about to blow your socks off. <laughs> That's right. We're coming at you with another iteration. Today, we're going to be talking about the movie Soul. Yeah, this is a little, uh, you know, one of those things that Disney Plus to, uh, did to just kind of make uh, 2020 a little bit better. Uh, they they were like, you know what? Our next big Pixar film, we're just going to release on Disney Plus with no paywall behind it. They're not doing what they did with... Um, Mulan, where it was a what thirty dollar paywall, and yes. I think I heard they're going to be doing that with uh, Raya, the Last Dragon, or, or whatever that movie's called. Their next uh, Disney film that's hmm. an animated three D animation, kind of uh, from the from the people who made Moana, I believe. And um, huh. so they're going to do that again. I don't. It's not like the experiment didn't fail before, but it's I guess money is money is money, right? Yeah, well, like in this case, it's free, and uh, I think uh, it's quite enjoyable, but a lot of people did not receive Mulan the way I thought they would, and so maybe if it's like, oh, that's not going to be received so well, we better charge for it. We put money into this. Maybe. I think think Raya the Last Dragon, the next one coming out, is going to be very good. It looks fantastic, whereas I had reservations going into Mulan anyway. And then, you know, but we're not here to talk about those. We're here to Uh talk about Soul, which was free. Uh You uh, subscribe to Disney+. Plus. And I mean, come on, the fact that they made more subscribers because they did that, uh, it works for their favor anyway. Exactly. Um, Whereas, I mean, the same thing happened with HBO Max. You put in Wonder Woman and uh, everyone was like, well, I guess I got to subscribe to that because, you know, they don't let you get it under that uh, free seven day trial. Even though you did a free seven day trial, you still don't get to touch the, the... nice movies that come out on the on the programs so exactly and i just thought for one again that was amazing what hbo did and i think it's amazing that this movie was free as well i loved it and uh you know i kind of was went into this movie uh with a clean slate but really i hadn't heard anything about it i don't know how and uh it snuck up on me and so i was just like oh man it it almost seemed like homework when i put it on but literally within the first few minutes of this movie it got me right zoom me in that you know that's it's the funny thing is you kept being like 
You would text me a few days before I had to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Sure, you want to watch this one? Yeah. Why? why? I haven't heard anything. <laughs> like I don't know. And then I finally asked you. I was like, "What? What's your reservation about watching this film? Like, what's up?" And you were like, "I don't know. It's like Inside Out Part Two. And, yes, exactly. And and then I was trying to think about like what made you think Inside Out Part Two, and my only guess was like because the characters kind of look like the characters. Exactly. That's exactly. Um, I watched the trailer, and that's exactly what it was. Which is really funny because uh, Pete Doctor, the director of this movie, uh, is the director of Inside Out. Yeah, so. and it and it and it shows, but uh, but you know, I was ju- I was judging a book by its trailer. <laughs> And that's sometimes that sucks to do because sometimes you watch a trailer and you're like, that looks dumb. But you see the movie and you're like, holy crap. Yeah. Or it's yeah. Netflix where they just show you the whole movie and then you get like an additional uh, five minutes. Right. When you watch it. The soul trailers were really nice because all they showed you was this dude who loved music. He was going to yeah. be, uh, he was, he got the gig of a lifetime and then he falls out, falls down a manhole and suddenly he's a, a, a soul or a ghost. Yes. Um, and so that's and I they was showed you. so sad uh, like literally that was a very short portion of the movie uh, leading up to that point. And I was like, no, no, as, as a musician, you're a musician too. Like, you know what it's like to get a gig you're excited about, <laughs> let alone your first gig. And you're just like, Oh my God, did that happen to him right before the show of his life? Well, uh, the funny thing about that is uh, funny had seen the trailer. So we knew that he was going to die. So Fonnie and I are yeah. watching it and she's just like, they're playing with your emotions. Cause you know, he's about to die. You just don't know how he's going to die. You know? Yes. And she's like, Oh, is he going to die there? Oh no. Is that how he's going to die? <laughs> uh, and they do this really good. Like it's it just every so often something's <laughs> happening and he's totally oblivious to it. Yes. Um, and Oh man, just yeah, yeah. walking through traffic in the city. Oh gosh. Well, you find out that his father was a, a jazz musician. His uh, mom is a seamstress who does pretty well with her, uh, her own shop. And yes. uh, the, she does not, uh, she does not approve of his uh, always trying to become a working musician uh, because right. she saw how bad her, her husband struggled with it. And mm-hmm. he's a teacher. I was trying to figure out what the lesson we'd learn in this is uh, as I was going. And I thought at one point I thought maybe it's like, Oh, he finds out that his passion is actually teaching the children how to play. But um, I almost, I thought it might go that way too. They didn't, which is fine. Uh, there's no problem with that. Like, I understand teaching's not for everybody, and he didn't seem like his heart was in it. He was really in it for the music. Mm-hmm. But they offer him a full-time position, and his mom's so excited, and she basically bullies him into saying that uh, he's going to take the position. But then, uh, yeah. as as fate would have it, he gets a call from his uh, old, uh, one of his old students who he put a passion for jazz into, and he's like, hey, I'm, I'm playing with Dorothea Williams. Uh, and the, and he's like, oh, my God, Dorothea Williams. What? She's amazing. Congratulations. And he's like, well, <laughs> you know, uh, we want you to come in and be the piano player. And so, right. uh, well, come and audition for it. And he, uh, you know, he does his audition and gets lost in the music. He rocks it, man. And I mean, even his audition was beautiful. That's actually was the audition that uh, really – brought it home for me that I was just like, okay, I'm in it. Cause what he plays was actually very beautiful. And at first I was like, that's not jazz. But then I was like, Oh, 
That's nice. So it, it jazz is a weird beast, man. Like for me, it's whatever you want to make it. Yeah. And I don't like all kinds of jazz, but man, uh, La La Land really made me feel it. Uh, oh gosh, another one I got to get on. Yeah. And and then uh, this made me real really feel it. So it's it's really cool to have like movies like that that can really bring out the soul of jazz. Uh, and not just the like, oh, this is the music, and you're like, oh, that's cool. It felt like this movie's soul was jazz. Um, right. The music is beautiful. The soundtrack is absolutely gorgeous, uh, yep. especially those like the little weird experimental string piano like mixtures they would do whenever these uh, those godlike beings would go around. Yes. Yeah. So I guess let's go into it. Uh, Soul is basically about a man who gets the gig of a lifetime and then dies. Mm -hmm. And he tries to, he does not, he fights, basically fights to keep his life uh, as he's a ghost. And he jumps out of the, somehow jumps out of this uh, stream that's supposed to take you to the The afterlife. The great beyond. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they call it. The great beyond. So they go to the great before. Right. And oh my gosh, before they called it the great before though, I was like, Oh God, is this the place that babies go when they die? Oh no. <laughs> oh man. That was my first thought. I was like, Oh no. And Fanny was like, what? And I was like, it's the place they go when babies die. She's like, no, I think it's the place before they go. And I was like, Oh, thankfully when they yeah. said that, I was like, Oh, you're right. That's, that's awesome. I thought yeah. they would go, you know, Pixar sometimes hits you in the gut. They really do. Uh, you know, like the opening of freaking up, like yes. nothing beats the first <laughs> five, 10 minutes of up. Um, yeah. Best love story ever made. And then shortest, uh, shortest, yeah. saddest, amazing love story. Well, and it's and so knowing that this is from Pete doctor who did inside out, who did up, who did monsters yeah. Inc. I thought yeah. he would kind of hit you with a gut punch. Right. Um, and, and it doesn't, which is nice, but this movie, man, uh, Okay, well, anyway, he goes to the great before. Wally. Did you say Wally? He did he, did he do Wally? Uh, writer. He's a writer. Oh, he's the writer. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, just to finish it off, he goes to the great before. He meets, uh, he becomes a mentor. He's not supposed to be, but he becomes a mentor for a soul that for thousands of years has not uh, gotten the spark of life. They weren't ready to go but into a into a baby's body. They weren't ready to go into a body. She didn't want right. to have And, uh, and so he basically takes her on because she and him make a deal. Hey, if I get this, I'll give my, um, I'll give my place to you and I can stay here forever and you can go back to your body. Exactly. Which I love that they didn't make this an afterlife. Like, Oh no, I don't want to be dead. Let me get back from the afterlife, he kind of skips that and goes to the great before, which yeah. I think gave it a whole new spin. Oh, and yeah. yeah, exactly. He was able to make this deal with <laughs> uh, the eternal child, uh, 22, uh, voiced by Tina Fey. Tina Fey is <laughs> absolutely fantastic in this movie. Yes, she so really funny. is. She was her- like another dose of Dory, like uh, what Ellen DeGeneres did for Dory. That's what she did for this but character. But better? But better. Because like, she's not aloof. I would put her in the um, same league as maybe uh, uh, the little the little candy girl from Wreck-It Ralph. Yes. Sarah, Sarah Silverman's character in that. Yes, uh-huh. Except not as peppy. Right, more like a like a like a She's down cynical and sarcastic. Yeah, 
Oh, she's hysterical though. Uh, Tina Fey, y'all know her from 30 Rock, Mean Girls, and and SNL. And um, I guess uh, while we're, we're on that topic, Joe is the main character, and he's played by Jamie Fox. Who, if you don't know who Jamie Fox is, you've been living under a rock. But um, he's he plays Ray and Ray. He's Django Unchained. He's in yep. Collateral, one of my favorite Jamie Fox movies. Oh, is Collateral for real? And Tom Cruise movies. That was a really yeah. great movie. Fantastic film. And um, Baby Driver, which I loved him in Baby Driver. He plays Bats. Uh-huh. Uh, pretty crazy character. I like him a lot in that movie. Um, he's, he's in tons of movies. You know, he'll be next in Spider-Man three and uh, right, right. And and I used to love his show back in the day, the Jimmy Fox show. Exactly. Yeah. The, yeah. I was like, what's it called? <laughs> the Jimmy Fox show. Yeah. Yeah. The Jimmy Fox show was amazing. He was so hilarious, uh, and he's just come such a a long way. Even before that, he had a long career. So oh, horrible bosses. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love him in Orwell. I can't say his name. It's an expletive, but it's funny. <laughs> MF. MF yeah. Jones. You can say his name. MF Jones. <laughs> um, this movie has a weird... Uh, it, it's really... It's it's Joe and uh, 22's movie. Yes. And you've got a little bit of people mixed in. Um, to get Joe back to his real body... Uh, 22 brings him to this like spiritualist uh-huh. uh, these people who find lost souls in the zone. So like when you're playing music and you're in the zone, your soul goes to this place. Well, some people get too much into the zone or uh, into a bad zone and they become like these zone zombies or monsters lost souls. Uh-huh. Yeah. Lost souls. And that's a real, I thought that was really cool. Um, like when they save the, uh, the accountant or whatever he is. Uh, he's oh, the day the trader. Day trader. Uh-huh. They save the day trader and he suddenly, his soul goes back into him. And yeah. On earth, he wakes up and he's like, I hate this job. Yeah. Like, he's like, out it's here. beautiful. I'm alive. He, Everyone quit. He's he's like, not only his own desk, other people's desk. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and it, it, for, whoa, I just bumped into it. Uh, my mic area, but, um, so the, the main spiritualist is a dude named Moonwind. Yeah. And I didn't... Uh, well, he's went, the counter, right? Isn't Moonwind the counter? No, 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 no. Uh, Terry. Oh, excuse me. Uh, uh-huh. but Moonwind is, uh, is this weird spiritualist dude, and he's played by Graham Norton. And I thought that was really funny because I didn't know Graham Norton did anything else other than the Graham Norton... Uh, he's that British dude... Who always yeah. interviews people. I don't know if you if you ever watched. Them. I know his face. I haven't really seen a lot of his work, so but he, I do he, know. Do you it. remember that video uh, where they're talking to Benedict Cumberbatch about him uh, saying penguins weird? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Penguins. Exactly. So I've seen penguins. Him. Yeah, exactly. I'm aware. Uh, I like Graham Norton. Whenever I watch YouTube clips, I don't know him enough to say, "Oh, I really like Graham Norton." But yeah. seeing him on YouTube and stuff is he's fun. But uh, he did a good job playing Moonwind. Uh, I thought he was – at first I thought maybe they got like Reese Darby or someone mm-hmm. um, from from Flight of the Concords, but it was yeah. – that's, exactly, that's exactly what I thought. Okay, you thought that too, yeah. Yes. Uh, he's kind of crazy and kooky and out there, and he's good. And then um, you've got a weird cast of characters. Like it's not like there's too many characters in this movie. Yeah. Um, but you've got these godlike beings – who, who go and they're the ones who who get people to the afterlife and there's the 
counter of how many people are coming in and there's the the counselors over people uh over the the souls that are going to earth and then of course Uh the people going to the great beyond and um those counselors are the people that you've got terry and you've got jerry and they're all the same name yeah essentially they all call each other terry but they have for the movie's purposes they have different names like for joe's sake yeah and so there's uh there's Terry played by Rachel House and Rachel uh-huh. House is from Thor Ragnarok and then um, Boy and Eagle vs. Shark, which if you recognize all those, they're Taika Waititi movies. So she's yeah. a friend of Taika Waititi's. Um, then you've got more noticeable people that, uh, you know, you'll know them. Alice Braga, she plays mm-hmm. one of the counselor Jerry's in The Great Before. She's from I Am Legend. I Am Legend, yes. And uh, Elysium and the New Mutants. And if just a bunch, there's a few other credits. Uh, then uh, the name, the person I immediately was like, wait, I know that freaking voice. I yep. know that voice. Yep. It's, it's Richard Aota. Yep. From IT the crowd. IT crowd. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it right away. I love that guy. I love Richard Aota. Um, I don't care what he's in. I will go watch it just to watch him fumble around. Oh, yeah. There's a group of people who want Richard, Richard Aota to be uh, the next doctor in Doctor Who. Wouldn't that be weird to have Richard Aota as the doctor? Yes, but that it would because you know normally the the doctor has a a um, well I don't want to say bravado but a a charm to him. Yeah, and so that would be a change in dynamic. I think that would be very interesting because he would make it much more funny. You know, yeah, so uh, I might be able to see that. That'd be really cool. I doubt it'll ever happen, but it would be really fun to see Richard Aota as the doctor. Um, uh-huh. But anyway, so Richard Iota playing one of the counselors. I guess you could really call him the main counselor. He really was. Yeah. Um, and then you know, noticeable uh, names like I, I just I didn't put all the names in there because there were yeah. people that were just kind of voice actors that I'd never heard of. But right. uh, noticeable names. Curly was played by Questlove. That was the uh, was Curly the dude who Curly was the guy who got uh, the gig for Joe. Right. Yeah. So Curly was played by uh, was played by Questlove from the Roots. <laughs> but if you watch Jimmy Fallon, he's the main guy in the band, the drummer, the drummer. Um, but I mean, come on, he's from the Roots. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Angela Bassett played Dorothea <laughs> fantastically, fantastically. She was so good as uh, Dorothea. And yes. Angela Bassett, of course, being in Black Panther, Contact, and how Stella got her groove back. <laughs> yeah, and going well, way when back. When you think of Angela Bassett, you think of how Stella got her groove back. Yeah. But uh, Black Panther, she was, of course, the um, she's the queen, right? She was, yes, uh, yes, Black she's, uh, uh-huh, that's right. T'Challa's mom. Uh-huh. Uh, and then uh, I, one other person I'll throw in here because I, uh, I will because he's bigger. <gasps> he's in Supernova too. sorry. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. Yeah. Um, Another person I'll mention is David Diggs played Paul, very small part, but he's the dude that they um that keeps making fun of Joe in the um barbershop and then Joe gets him oh. real well not Joe, I guess it's twenty two in Joe's body, but gets yeah. him real good and he's like Coming deep. Coming deep. <laughs> it's so funny. And he's the one that gets accidentally pulled in by by Jerry. Yes. Great, you know, like the void, and then he just well, doesn't know. Yeah, what he's, yeah. Let's let's keep that between us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just between you and me, all right? And uh, 
And the, you better stay away from those saturated fats or whatever. <laughs> he's holding a bag of chips. Oh, man. He's just like, ah! He, I love it. He goes, comes back and he's inside the chips and he goes, no, no really. Stay away from the saturated fats. <laughs> yeah. He's very serious about it all of a sudden. <laughs> okay, so this movie had some really funny parts, but I don't think the movie yeah. was funny do you know what i mean no no it was it was a very uh it was charming uh which has a a, um an element of humor to it but it really had a a realistic tone you know of somebody who um you know had a goal i let a whole bunch of other things like you know obviously like all of us paying bills get in the way and um from achieving what he really wanted to do and then he finally gets the chance and what happens with all of us something gets in the way in this case this guy dies just before he makes his gig well and then they swat he has a body swap he accidentally gets into a cat well, let's, a uh, pet therapist <laughs> let's, let, you know, let's cat. talk a little bit about kind of his his plight because joe's yeah he he wants to be a more complicated man but he's not um well, Which I think is, he, he wants to be a more accomplished musician. Yeah, but his character, in a way, is very simple character, uh, and I think relatable, very relatable. Um, you know, yeah. he goes to that hall where it shows all of your um, accomplishments when you were when you were alive. Mm. And so at yes. first it's showing off the person that everyone thinks he is, this uh, Bjorgsen or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then he's like, I'm not Bjorgsen. And 22 finally is like, you're really not? And yeah. he's like, look, can I get something that shows my life? And she brings out this thing and he puts his hand on it and it shows his life. And it's just like, he thinks, he thinks his life is like amazing. And then he goes back and sees it. And it's like this really sad, you know, like he's alone most of the yeah, time. Yeah, he says it himself that his life didn't mean anything. Right. And it's, oh God, that scene was so, oh geez, like kind of uh, sad, but uplifting it well. You're like... I got to do something with my life. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, it As pretty, I watch Netflix, or excuse me, yes, Disney Plus. Disney Plus. <laughs> it was pretty beautiful, uh, to be honest. And um, it was. He, you know, realizing that he's like, I've got, I really need to become alive again. Like, I can't let this be my legacy. Yeah. And um, so he and 22 find a way back in. And the, the problem I have with Joe for most of the movie, and it's probably because of this, is the reason the movie exists. Joe is so selfish about this dream and everything else doesn't matter. Like he doesn't care about what happens to 22. He just wants yeah. to get back to his body and, and go play his stuff. And Well, he, I think he's been unselfish up until he gets this gig. I guess pa- so yeah. he's a teacher. He's even helping the kid that wants to quit, uh, stay with it. Uh, even, uh, even when uh, he's dead and Twenty Two has his body, he's still helping. Well, that um, was that was pretty. That was a really kid. great scene. The it really like, was. I'm just gonna quit. And but then, maybe you can listen to this real quick and tell me if it's bad. Yeah, oh, that was really nice. <laughs> Such a good scene and and a character building scene for Twenty Two, and where she kind of finds not necessarily her spark, but she finds a beauty and reason to want to inhabit a body on earth. Yeah. And I think you could mistake this movie for being about Joe, but honestly, 22 is the one that grows the most. Like, yeah, I think it's, the it's most both. Character growth. It is definitely both, but 22 uh, goes from being this cynical. Uh, I don't care. I don't want to go 
So like when I love that scene on earth, she starts realizing all these things and then she, mm-hmm. she pulls them out of her pocket and she's like, I've been collecting each of these things. Yes. She's got like the piece of bagel. She's got the lollipop. Pizza that crust. She, the, yeah. The pizza crust. And it's just this like, you know, when she gets on earth and she realizes she doesn't want to be on earth, like yeah. and she's in Joe's body and Joe went into that stupid therapy cat, which, which hilarious was hysterical. Um, but but I, God, they were like, oh, how did your soul get into this cat? I thought, I again, my, my brain went to the worst possible thing. And I thought they were going to say that cats have no soul. And I was like, please. please. <laughs> and it wasn't the case. Like the cat's soul just was in the void. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, that was really funny to me. And I love the scenes where they show Joe talking as the cat. But then they show everyone watching and the cat is like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, really funny stuff. And um, oh man, just to, that scene where they decide that they're gonna go and get a suit from the mom, and they have that yes. real deep conversation. And again, later on, they had the spool of thread from her tailoring that suit yes. during that scene. In his just pocket. the movie was full of these great little moments, and, and, and yes. the movie's like an hour and a half long. Yeah, uh, and then like fifteen freaking minutes of credits. And I would say that that uh, when she she go when he well he's forced to go confront his mother about his suit pants yeah. having ripped, and she's a seamstress and he need he can't get anybody else to do it so he goes to his mother uh, who is very disapproving of his musical career as we mentioned, and he goes in there and they have it out. I mean, twenty two stuck in the body, but but Joe is relaying exactly what he wants to say, and um, he lays out the the most um, just deep cut words you can think of that I guess a parent could hear. Uh, and he says, I'm just afraid that if I died right now, my life would have amounted to nothing. Right. And he also and says that she's, she's just never, like, oh. she's never approved of his love for music. Right. Right. Which again, makes sense because she tells why, you know, that the husband, his father, um, didn't make any money. And the only reason that they were able to have the stuff they had was because she owned that seamstress shop. Right. And um and she saw how badly the the father gave up his life for music, but uh, you know, this is where things get interesting uh is that he finally um gets back into his body. And after she decides that she wants to stay on um she wants to stay on earth, he basically uh convinces her that she has no spark. So yeah, the whole time it's his spark that she's found, not her own. And the whole time we're, we're basically led to believe that the spark is the thing that makes your life uh, meaningful. Like, so music for him was his spark and that's his thing. And his purpose is what they are. A spark is not a purpose. A spark is just, it's the spark for wanting to live. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's, he's so, just so once uh one-minded uh one thought on his quest to get back into his body and go play his show that he basically tells 22 he's like yeah you're you don't care like you just were in my body and feeling my my spark and so yeah. she, she gives him the ticket back home and um, i thought it was an interesting take too though because what if somebody did uh inhabit your body would they just respond to things the way you do because your body's your brain is chemically wired wired a certain way yeah. or would they be able to bring in their own 
likes and dislikes. So uh, I was like, oh, man, that's controversial. But he uses it as a weapon against her to get her back into the great before and for her to, and to convince her to give the Earth Pass to him so he can get back to his body. Right. And so then he does get back to his body. And this is, uh, by the way, we didn't even go into this. This is after he's been hunted down by Jerry. Yes, the counter. He's trying to get the back to the he's trying to get him back to the great beyond and her he just wants his count to be correct yeah, that's, that's all, all he wants he could, he could care less about whether or not a soul got back into their body <laughs> yeah um but you know so he gets back onto earth back finally into his body um by the way the cat's fine the cat goes back to being a cat yes um and he goes and he plays his show which at first he's actually told that he's not gonna be able to play that they got another guy um, to take his place because yeah. uh, Dorothea saw him in a uh, hospital, hospital gown. gown with a cat and being weird. And yeah. so he was like, I don't know if I want that guy playing with us. Yeah. And um, he ends up convincing Dorothea that uh, he should be the one playing. And so he does, and fantastically uh, beautiful playing and all night and everyone loved it and everyone was like, this is great. And then he gets out and is just unfulfilled. And uh, that's, you know, that, that was a hard part because he's like, man, I, I thought I would feel different. Yeah. And Dorothy is like, well, you know, some days you have great shows and you feel amazing and some days you don't and you just go home sad and that's just the life. Anyway, I'll see you. Well, I think it's, uh, it's also just you think, oh, I'm going to play this great show with this amazing star and my life is going to change as if, you know, a record contract is waiting for you the moment that your amazing show happens. But there's not always a talent scout out there in the, in the, uh, the midst of your show and there's not a contract waiting for you. And I think that's part of what he's, he's feeling. He's like, oh, well, you know, I just played this amazing show, but then I go right back to being me. Well, and I think, I think at that point, though, he might also have been feeling like, okay, well, maybe I can just die happy now because I fulfilled what I wanted to do. Like, this is all I wanted to do was play on stage with her. Yeah. And I did it. And now I can maybe go back to, to um, that. And he ends up uh, playing piano at home when he gets home. And mm-hmm. he, goes into the, uh, he goes into the zone and right. he sees uh, Moonwind. Yeah. Oh, that's 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 Moonwind. Okay, my yeah. bad. The, the the hippie guy. The hippie guy who swings. Yeah, he yeah. throws the. <laughs> He's the a sign twirler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was the most hilarious character. You you get out of here. Leave him alone. <laughs> um, and so he sees Moonwind on his like awesome ship, and uh, and you find out that that uh, 22 has become a lost soul. And so he and his soul state decides to help bring 22 back. And he gives 22 the uh, earth pass. And he fights through her being a lost soul. She had become a lost soul after giving him the earth pass. He gives the earth pass back after this like awesome scene. They're inside her like dusty soul body. Mm-hmm. And he gives it back to her, and she's like, "Are you sure?" And he's like, "Yeah." And he jumps with her. She, you know, she's like, "If I j- if you jump to Earth with me, you're you can't go back. You'll disappear." And he's like, "I'll go with you as far as I can," which is just a another beautiful scene in this movie. Yeah. And um, he ends. And up then back. he holds onto her hand until she's ready to let go. Yeah. And then he blinks back into the uh, afterlife and uh, that before life. It's the great before. Right, and they and he goes back into the great beyond elevator, escalator, or whatever. 
and he's well, on the well, they, they, sh- they show him like hey it's time right, right? he goes and then oh that's right he does actually go on yeah the he goes onto the escalator, escalator or, my bad and, and terry Invader. comes up and t- terry's like hey you're a good guy um you but, you're the only person who's ever been able to help 22 and you actually mm-hmm. got her to go um so do you want to go back to your body yeah and uh and she and he goes well what about uh jerry and she's like don't worry we took care of him and i love that uh scene where you see the other terry yes be like oh hey what's it and they they switch over the little counter and then he doesn't yeah, it, doesn't catch it he's fine that he's voiced by richard right and he comes yeah. out and says, oh my god you had to look right over there yeah. immediately you know <laughs> right that way and, oh, and, must must have been nothing. Back as you were. You know? And he goes back, and he he goes to his body, and that's the end. I mean, that's the end of the movie. Um, and it's it's a really sweet ending, and I, I liked it a lot. Although I do have a buddy who's a big animation Pixar fan, and he said that that ending cheapened all of it, and it made him hate the movie. Oh. He wished that he thought he goes. He said, um, Joe was okay with dying, and he was okay. He came to terms with it. And then it was cheapened by them saying, oh, go ahead and uh, get your body back. And he did. I don't, I don't think it was cheapened. I thought that was like a reward. Yeah. Like, hey, you, it, do, you did great. Exactly. And so, honestly, that's, again, how things kind of work out. I mean, <laughs> even in love, you know, like you're looking, you're looking, you're looking. It's not happening. And then you're like, you know what? I'm just going to be me. I'm cool with it. I want to know. And God drops a lovely lady or man depending on who's listening into your life and you're like okay uh and i think that's what happened here he had finally come to terms with his existence and they saw it in their hearts to or yeah like, beings just, just I like to it give him another chance i thought it was great and on top yeah. of that i've got a comedic moment from richard i, I yeah. love that um I just wanted to bring that other thought process out because I didn't, I don't understand how anyone could hate this movie. It was such a happy, feel good movie that like for my start, my start of 2021, uh, that was way worth watching, especially uh, after all the crap that happened in the news yesterday, you know, it's just like, exactly. I I need something, a bunch of lost souls right now. I need, I need (laughs) something happy uh, to, to tide me over from all that crap. But, um, right. Oh, well, I thought that the lost souls was a great illustration because at the beginning of the, uh, the, uh, expose on the great before they're talking about how the souls get their personalities and they send them through all these workshops. And some of them, some of the workshops are, they're like, Hey, you're 12 of you are going to be aloof and 12 of you are going to be cynical and they just send them through the little shots. Oh, what was and, the last uh, one? There was I was one... just thinking, uh, you know, that, hey, what about depression and whatnot and uh, all that stuff? And that's exactly what the lost soul thing was, obsession and depression. And I, I just thought that was, it, I thought it was a great illustration uh, vis- visually. On the last, the, one of the last lines in The Great Before, I can't remember exactly what they make them. It's like hyperactive, uh, blah, blah, blah. It's like you five are going to go and be relaxed and cool. And you 12 are going to be hyperactive, blah, blah, blah. And the other (laughs) Terry goes, we should probably stop sending so many people there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, please, please. Um, But yeah, you know what? In the end, I thought the movie was very well done. It's something that if I had seen it in theaters, I would have walked out happy that I spent 12 bucks or $24 for me and my wife. To, uh, to have seen the movie. I would have not been upset by it. 
And um, it's one that uh, if it does ever come out to uh, physical media 4K, I um, might uh, drop 20 bucks to to own it. Yeah, and and I have to say, you know how I felt about this movie going in. I I hadn't heard a thing about it. And so when this movie would have come out to the big screen, I might not have even gone to go see it. Uh, uh, You know, if this podcast didn't exist. And, uh, but with the streaming, I was able to go see it. And so I'm just so glad that some things are coming directly to uh, home theater. Yeah, it's it's nice. Um, and we'll see how many movies actually come with that HBO Max deal later this year because there are some that are fighting it. Um, oh. Yeah, it just is what it is. But, um, you know, we've got uh, two sponsors for this show right now, and uh, one of them Mark is going to tell you about. That's right. Again, Season 2 is brought to you by Precise Public Adjusting. If you're having having any problems with a hail claim or property loss of any sort, give them a call. They'll take care. They'll fight uh, your insurance claim for you and make sure that your, uh, your insurance provider takes care of you the way that you should be getting taken care of. The number for precise public adjusting is 817-992-5040. Definitely give them a call if you need that service. Uh, they're going to work for you very hard. Um, And then I guess let's hear a word from uh, Anchor. All right. Passengers, we're back for the uh, birthday and news section. Uh, We got a a good uh, size, um, a sizable amount of people with birthdays, of celebrities with birthdays. But, uh, you know, first off, we have January 10th. We got Linda Lovelace, who Mark and I were just talking about uh, off off, uh, mic. Linda Lovelace, if you don't know who that was, she's like one of the first big uh, porn stars uh, that really made a splash. She was in the movie Deep Throat. Um, They've made documentaries about this movie. They made a movie about this porn uh, where Amanda Seyfried played Linda Lovelace. Yep. So, uh, I don't know. I just thought, because we're two perverts at times, that we (laughs) would have Linda Lovelace on here. I'm not on here. But birthday, uh, her birthday, and I, I, I'm pretty sure she's not still with us. But uh, yeah, I don't yeah. So but um, anyway, up next, uh, rock star Pat Benatar. Yeah, um, yeah. I just wanted to put in Pat Benatar. It's awesome. Uh, Jermaine Clement. I love Jermaine Clement. Um, if you don't know who that is, passengers, he yeah. is uh, one half of the duo um, Flight of the Concords. And he was also Boris the Animal in uh, Men in Black 3. I didn't, uh, did I see Men in Black 3? I don't think I saw Men in Black 3. I, I, actually, it was a good um, revival of the franchise. And then whatever that next one was, like International or whatever, just killed it. Did you see uh, International? Yeah, I did. I, I did not like it. I, I thought their ending cheapened the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, also what we do in the shadows an amazing show i mean whatever i think of jermaine clement my brain's gonna go to what we do in the shadows and it's gonna go to flight of the concords but also yes. uh his his turn as the evil crab in moana he's yeah. very funny singing his song in that i tried to put yeah. it on the other day and my wife was like that's gonna scare the kid turn that off please <laughs> um January 11th, you have Amanda Peet. You don't see enough Amanda Peet anymore, but no. I'm, I'm always going to remember Amanda Peet from uh, Saving Silverman. Yep, and the whole nine yards. And the whole nine yards, which uh, I, will never, I will never forget this. 
Whole Nine Yards was the first movie Amanda Peet showed her boobs in. <laughs> well, yeah. And the and only I, reason I remember that is because uh, there was a magazine, GQ or whatever, talked about the best movies to see right now that show boobs in it. And, uh, uh, and, and a family member was like, oh, that's awesome. And then I told my mom, and my mom was like, come on. Well, <laughs> well, the, the thing I loved about that scene is that she uses her nudity to, to kill someone, to distract them. Right. And because and, she wants so badly to be an assassin, I just thought it was hilarious. But I also love Amanda Peet. Obviously, she was in 2012, which is a movie you know I love. But also one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, probably in the top seven or ten, uh, is a movie called Identity. And she played one of the multiple personalities in Identity. And is that I, the one in the vac- – uh, no, that's not the one in the hotel, is it? The one in the motel? Yes, yeah. The, John the, Cusack? Yes. Okay. No, they're all in this uh, killer's head. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, uh, Amanda Pete's awesome. Uh, Naomi Judd um, – it's Naomi Judd. I mean, I, she was big when we were uh, – when we were a little bit younger. I remember seeing some of her movies – um, yeah, I remember seeing her movie covers, <laughs> but I don't remember actually seeing the movie. What it's, was it? You know, the cover, like a the DVD or a VHS tape. It would, you know, has a cover. I've I've seen those the the movie poster essentially uh, uh, for her movies a whole bunch, but I'm I don't believe we're her demographic. I think I think we're uh, I think we're talking about the wrong person now. Uh, what we're talking about, Naomi Jed, right? Yeah, she's actually a singer, not an actress. Oh, okay. Well, sorry. The soundtrack. I'm, no, she was a makeup artist in this movie that I've seen. I think we're going to cut. Great. We're going to cut her out. We're cutting this part out. Great. Thank you. Okay. Because I was like, who the hell is this? Who's no, this? I was thinking uh, Double Jeopardy chick. Oh, Ashley Judd. Ashley Judd. They're they're related. They're sisters. I just okay. One of them made it. The other one didn't. Ah. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually <laughs> put a note here in the script. Delete this part. Can you see the EQ spike if I clap right now? No, because I'm not. Um, Okay, never mind. Don't worry about it. It's okay. I'll just put it here and I'll know what I'm talking about. Um, all right. Look for that. <laughs> so after Amanda Peet, we have Mary J. Blige, who, of course, uh, hip-hop and uh, and pop, rap, uh, icon, right? Yes. Yes. Like, I mean, uh, and wasn't she part of the Spider-Man 2 movie? Or was it three? She's the one singing in the park when he comes. No, and gets that's the award. Um, that's not Mary J. Blige. That's that. Uh, she's saying that she's got that raspy voice. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Uh, I can't uh, think, I can't wait, that's her. not her. That's her. No, different person. Ah, uh, okay. It's gonna bug me, but anyway, she's, yeah, she's got Rock of Ages. She helped out with the soundtrack on Precious, and uh, I mean, she is a great artist. I'm sorry, I'm confusing her with somebody else, but um, yeah, Macy Gray. Macy Gray. Macy Gray. Oh my God! Was the one singing in the park in yes. Spider-Man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh God, I can't remember. I know there was a big song that Macy Gray had uh, back when we were in high yeah. school, maybe or, or like early college. Uh, it was always like, oh, she's got a great like raspy voice, but like mm-hmm. she was kind of one-hit wonder for me. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, job uh, January twelfth. If I can say January, I was going to say January twelfth uh, with Howard Stern, who uh, you know we're podcasters and the legend, the man, of, the myth, the legend. Yeah, he's not a podcaster, but he kind of is. Like uh, I would say, I radio mean, he host. is exactly. He's the 
uh, on 97.1 The Eagle, way back in the day, he would be on way late at night. Was and I would stay Eagle? up and listen to him. Yeah, a long, long time ago. Wow. And uh, I would literally stay up, uh, I think it was like midnight or like 3 a.m. Or that might have been the range, like midnight to 3 a.m. that he was on. And he just had the coolest show. And uh, I, I would I would sit in that um, back room that I had and I would oh. just like have all my black – uh, lit uh, black light posters on and that it's like a disco ball with colors not the shiny one and uh and that little fake tube fish aquarium where the fish float up and down because the bubbles blow through it and uh, i would just like chill in there on my inflatable couch and and listen on my boom box a literal boom box which i still have so, directly to my right actually so funny you and i have different radio shows like late at night you'd be listening to howard stern late at night i was listening to um adam carolla and uh-huh. uh, and dr um doctor i can't think of his name right now but uh, what was that? I forgot what that show was called. It was like a, a love, love, sex hotline type thing uh-huh. where like people would do like weird things until they'd be like, oh, you should probably go to the doctor right now. Not yeah. to us. Well, this is, so this show was on when I was about like 12. It was like right when we met. Uh, and uh, that's when I would stay up. So I was about 12. And so you would have been like 14 at the time. It might have been like right before we met and I would chill in my room, Melissa. But anyways. It was, it was uh, this Adam time, Carolla and Dr. Drew, by the way. Yeah. Love, uh, love line. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember listening to them, too. I just, I remember Howard Stern would have on the craziest uh, sketches or whatever they call them. And, uh, I mean, he would have on all kinds of amazing stars and the stars that you wouldn't think to hear anywhere else because of course at the time he was a pioneer and he would go down the routes that no one else would go down and he he was doing stuff yeah he was pioneering this this thing i mean uh so much so that i mean howard stern at some point i don't know if he still does but he had his own show on xm or sirius xm yeah he does i Um, think and and he's such a um it's eclectic but he he did stuff he pushed the boundaries uh go watch um private parts you know like exactly that movie movie solidified my fandom for him it it shows exactly how you think howard stern would be um Uh, and i loved watching um i think he was in an interview with uh, letterman now that he has a netflix show i think it is uh and uh he had some really cool comments about you know things that weren't necessarily in the movie like that he has a sister and the sister was nowhere in the movie and I had no idea. And then I saw this interview and I was like, Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Um, and he was also apparently in men in black three as well. He's, uh, in the headquarters when they're walking through it, he's apparently one of the guys in there, uh, which is hilarious. So, uh, but yeah, I loved, uh, private parts so much. Um, I mean, because we've been listening to this and I would get in trouble for listening to Howard Stern, um, but people were always listening. And just like in the movie, they talk about, well, why do you continue to listen? And it's like, I want to hear what he says next. And I just, uh, it was so great. And again, I don't, I really don't think I would be doing this podcast with you if I hadn't listened to Howard Stern back then. <laughs> I don't think I would have the courage to do, to say like half of the things that we say uh, if I hadn't heard that show. Uh, that way a way long time ago so okay yeah i mean i agree he he really pioneered that for everyone yeah um <laughs> next up is john lassiter 
mm-hmm. who uh, was the CEO and um, or the CCO of Disney and Pixar Animation Studios, and um, he he was the original. He was the director of uh, Toy Story, A Bug's mm-hmm. Life, and Toy Story Two. And so he also, he also did powerhouse right there. Yeah. He also did cars and cars too, but um, we won't hold that against him. Yeah. Uh, he's not a, he's not an amazing guy. He did some, uh, he did some weird sexual misconduct towards employees. Oh, did he? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Yeah. He had to 2017. He took a six month sabbatical from Pixar and Disney um, and ended up leaving the company. And now he has, I think he's running sky dance animation now. Wow. The more you know. Yeah. Um, after John Lasseter, we have Oliver Platt. Love Oliver I Platt. I love Oliver Platt, yes. Oh, my goodness. You so, know what? Again, what movie do you think of Oliver Platt? 2012. Okay. Okay, first come on. Everything's ever, 2012. I know, right? Because I, I love that movie. I'm going to put it on everyone. I'm sorry. And But no, the, the real one, the two that I love uh, are must, The Three Musketeers yep. and Bicentennial Man. Like, I, I can seriously watch Bicentennial Man anytime, even though it's a very long movie. Uh, it, it's the movie that trained me to be like, oh, Avengers, uh, Endgame, that ain't, ain't nothing. That's like, that's like 20 minutes longer than this movie. And Bicentennial Man. Is Bicentennial Man really that long? Like, it's I like don't two remember. Hours long. Was that, that was Robin Williams, right? Exactly. Yeah, he's a robot who uh, evolves slash transforms himself into an actual human, and he fights uh, society to actually legally declare him a human. Golly. Uh, you know, I don't know if I ever sat through that movie. Tears. Uh, <gasps> you never sat through that movie? Maybe not the whole thing. Maybe only uh, parts of it. Oh, I love that movie. Because, well, I always wanted to go into, like, robotics when I was a young lad. And I I just loved that movie. And the fact that eventually and the idea that an AI could become sentient and obviously not kill us all, uh, like in Terminator, and go the other way and, like, actually love and want to transition into becoming a human. Uh, and, and in this process, making society better, uh because everything he invents for himself is actually very beneficial to him, uh, mankind. Okay. All right. I can see that. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, mine is always going to be him in uh, Lake Placid. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why that movie? I don't know. I just always think of him in Lake Placid standing by the lake and just talking in a weird little voice. Like, I don't know. It's just a... <laughs> Weird little dude in that movie, but that's what I think of. I think of Musketeer, Three Musketeers, and I think of Lake Placid. Oh, my God. I'm even I'm even looking at uh, year one. He's hilarious uh, when they go to uh, the, I guess it's Sodom and Gomorrah, right? And he's just one of the crazy people that runs the place. So he's just all, he's all kinds of freaky, and it's hilarious. So Was he in year one? Cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a small part. But it's he is hilarious. I did not know he could be that funny. Mm, and when did that uh, movie come out? Uh, 13, 2013? Uh, nine, two, 2009. Uh, nine. 2009. Uh, yeah, I remember that movie. Um, I saw it once in theaters and then never saw it again. <laughs> I, I didn't think it was. Oh nice. my God. And he's the king, Jimmy King, and Ready to Rumble. 
Okay, yeah, I don't, I don't, I haven't watched that movie, and I loved that movie, but I didn't watch it enough to remember him in it. I will rule you. I, I'm sorry. Like, I, I love Oliver Platt. He's awesome. Uh, Flatliners. I'm sorry. This guy's just amazing. I, we need. Maybe we should move on. Yeah, but we'll Oliver Platt, you're awesome. Because I know I'm going to move on, and then you're going to be like, "Well, this guy's amazing too," because it's Rob Zombie. That's why I did a little bit of scrolling so that I wouldn't interrupt the next guy who is amazing. Yeah. Rob Zombie, who, uh, you know, even if you don't care about his music, you got to care about House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects. Um, I don't know much about Three from Hell because I watched the first 15 minutes and then turned it off. Uh, I I wasn't a huge fan. I watched it. Um, It was interesting. But it was not. It was not on par with the other. He's he's kind of lost his spark after um, after Halloween two. Like just couldn't make anything that was like really like oh this is amazing. Like I don't know maybe maybe it's just because we grew as people. As in like we went from being like that's freaking awesome uh, to like okay yeah we've seen this done. There's more uh, shock value out of these other movies than this movie maybe. Uh, I still I just think that he started from the top you know like he he i mean he was already super famous for his musician uh ship right. and then um his uh movies uh, house of a thousand corpses and devil's rejects were amazing i mean they were messed up but they were amazing and, and then also Halloween was great and i just Halloween, think that he had yeah. a whole bunch of great he had such a great portfolio you they can't all be amazing no you know? they can't but that's okay um january 13th orlando bloom what happened to that dude disappeared in and he probably flowered. Uh, Legolas from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> sorry. sorry about that joke, but uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, he he was Legolas in uh, the Lord of the Rings. I thought he was a cool character, um, but he really is just mostly like a pompous statement, and then pulls his arrow back. Yeah, but, uh, I like him in there. I like him in um, Pirates of the Caribbean, and mm-hmm. uh, I like I actually liked Elizabeth Town, which I know that probably a lot of people are like, "What? How could you like that movie?" But I, I liked it enough. Yeah, Liam Hemsworth, the uh, younger brother of the uh, of Thor, the other Hemsworth, the other Hemsworth, <laughs> the one, the other famous one, the one that dated Miley, right? The he one that's Miley. married to Miley. Ma- oh, still, no, they they. I thought I recently heard that they broke up or whatever. Did that's they? That's like what this new album is all about. Yeah, oh. uh, I swear I saw that on Instagram. Maybe. Yeah, but they lived. They were together forever they were like together for like 10 years and then all of a sudden they got divorced yeah it was just like not working for them for some reason howard stern Uh, just did an interview with liam and asked him what it was all about oh cool i'm gonna listen to that i just uh i heard something for uh i heard miley's side i can't i think it was instagram but i can't quite remember i will say this uh one of the one of my top 20 favorite albums of last year was miley's newest one that came in out in december fantastic rock album like you would not think it but yeah she's got that stevie nicks voice that she could really uh she's got the pipes man she's good uh yeah i'll give it a try try. for podcasters you can't see my face but i have a very hmm, 
uh, look on my face like, oh, I'm gonna like it's got that. Kind of like when the car- the cartoon rat smells cheese and it lifts him along and guides him to the cheese. I'm kind of like, hey, I might check out that album. It's worth a check out. You got Spotify, do it. Yeah, um, and uh, I like this Hemsworth in Independence Day Resurgence. I'm not a huge fan of his acting career uh, per se. I, I, you know, obviously he's competing against his older brother, but. Um, you know, I actually did like his character in Independence Day Resurgence. I liked him in uh, the Hunger Games movies, at least the first two. Um, he played mm-hmm. the he played the love interest kind of, not like the the next to uh, Peta's character. But it's not like Liam Hemsworth goes and does like a bunch of stuff that we know, right? Like if you go right. look at his his uh, IMDb, you're like, okay, uh, I've not seen um, a lot of this. He was in The Expendables two. Um. Oh yeah. He, uh, again, I wasn't a huge fan. <laughs> yeah, like I'm. I'm uh, he's I'm kind of like Clint Eastwood's Clint Eastwood's son to me. I'm just like, why? I know you're related to somebody well, famous, but okay. to be fair, I do like. Uh, I think I probably like Clint Eastwood's son more than I like Liam Hemsworth. What? I'm letting that moan marinate for a second. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I agree with that statement or not. I, per, I would not prefer like, not to watch. Important to me. I would prefer to watch Suicide Squad than I would uh, the Hunger Games again. Okay, That's all. fair, fair, yeah. fair. All right. Um, moving on, Julia Louise Dreyfus. Yeah, a genius. Seinfeld, you know. Yes, she's awesome. Uh, I like her. I don't have a lot to say about her, but I enjoy her. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I loved her in Veep. I mean, she's uh, oh, in Thirty Rock, right? Uh, no, that's Tina Fey. Excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> but you sorry. did you had Veep, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. But uh, anyways, um, uh, Patrick, Rock, who stars a movie star from today's movie. <laughs> so, what? That's what my head was. Uh, Tina Fey. She stars oh, yeah, in yeah, Soul, yeah, yeah. and uh, we're talking about her. Okay, Pat, I'm gonna move on. <laughs> it's okay. Patrick Dempsey, um, who is McDreamy in uh, Grey's Anatomy, but also he's the he's the guy who falls in love with Amy Adams in Enchanted. Um, happy yeah. birthday to him! You know, kind of like I just thought I like Enchanted. He, he's yeah, I did like Enchanted, and he plays that role perfectly. Normally, yeah. I do not like his roles because they're essentially that role. Well, in he's he's love interested. Period. Yeah, he's always the love interest, and I'm just like ah, this guy again. But in Enchanted, he was delightful. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good movie. So <laughs> I yeah. have to say, happy birthday to Patrick Dips. Um Also, you know, he was in Scream uh, 3. Thank you. Yes, yeah. but again, kind of a... Uh, I liked him in Scream 3, a, although... Kind of pompous, uh, know-it-all type of investigator role. In Scream 5, have been the they, could, they could totally bring him back and be like, he oh, was a second killer. Yes, because I would have thought I thought he was uh, the killer for a minute. Again, I'm still rolling my di- my dice that Stu yeah, survived, Stu but survived. Uh, but hey, he could be the one that helps him get away with it somehow. Right, or, so they could bring know. it back in because he did he did technically date Sydney at the end of uh, three. So son of a biscuit, yeah, and anyway. he's essentially the new Skeet Ulrich in that yeah. case. So that'd be fun. Oh. I think that would be a fun one. I do agree. So. Bring back Patrick Dempsey for Scream Five. Um, Michael Pena. I had to put him on the list. He was yeah. like way, he was way bottom on the list on January 13th of like all these other celebrities I'd never heard of. And I was like, why would you put Michael Pena at the bottom? This dude yeah. basically recants 
the whole of the MCU universe <laughs> two movies, and it's hysterical. Seriously, uh, I mean, it, for me, he really say he really made the first Ant Man. Ant Man was amazing on its own, yes, but he is the one that made Ant Man hilarious. Oh, he's like, great, and he's in both know, of them. In both of them, yes, and uh, yeah, yeah, gotta gotta say that's a an awesome one for. Um, for all of us. I, I love this guy. He's so he's so funny when he speaks. Uh and he never talks about the point he's gonna get to until someone makes him. It's hilarious. Well and I think you kind of uh you were saying it and I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and finish what you were saying because I think you were you had like a bunch of ideas in your head and you didn't get through. I he's I think you were trying to say he's amazing for Hispanic culture. Yes, he is. Exactly. Yeah. You, were, a win you were going there. I saw, the, I saw the point you were trying to make, and then all of a sudden you you went to a totally different thing and said something different, and I was like, no, he meant to finish that and say Hispanic. Well, uh, thank you. I appreciate you doing so that for I'm me because, I, you know, got, you know, viva la raza, uh, you know, so uh, got to love the Hispanic culture, and uh, thank you so much for that role. Um, okay. January 14th, we have Jason Bateman, who I really like Jason Bateman. Horrible Bosses, both of those. <laughs> yeah. um, Arrested Development. Game Night, Arrested Development. Uh, I haven't watched Ozarks yet. It's on my list of shows I want to watch. Oh, it's so good. On my shows. It's on my list of shows. It's on my Netflix queue. Um, I think I'm just going to wait till it ends, and then I'll just binge it. At some point. And, uh, Central Intelligence, so it was good. And uh, I remember he's also another, I think he plays an FBI guy again. Central no, Intelligence. No. Are you talking about uh, That's with The, the Rock, Rock and, yeah, Is exactly. He in that? Yeah, he's one of, I think he's one of the FBI guys. And uh, he also plays an FBI guy in Paul. Uh, oh, the, the, um, the alien, alien movie. movie with yes. Simon, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, LL Cool J up next, man. I saw LL Cool J's on the list, and my my Ooh. head straight went to uh, deepest, bluest. My head is like a shark's fin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I remember pumping LL Cool J way back in the early 90s, like... Oh what man. was it? What was it? He used Ladies to do. Love. He would. He would have. He would have both of his fingers at a peace sign. And he would go, muh, muh. and then he would do the two peace signs. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, when I think of LL Cool J, though, honestly, it's deep. It's deep blue sea. Deep blue sea, like, of course. I love him as the chef in that, and I love that he actually lives. Yes, exactly. And then there were two black men in that film. Low. Yeah, and, he, and, one of them and totally he was dies. one of them that lives, and the other yeah. one dies. <laughs> Samuel Jackson, the biggest name in that whole movie, gets about what thirty minutes into the movie, and he and gets monologue. This, <laughs> he gives this most amazing speech about how they're going to live and they're going to get through it, and that right. shark just jumps out of the water, grabs him, and you're like, "What the hell?" Yeah, just and and not not only grabs him like. Body slams him, yeah. like face oh, yeah. first into the floor it's and brutal. drags him back into the ocean. It's like <laughs> they gave so Samuel the Jackson the script, and they were like, "Hey, will you make a glorified cameo in this, and then we'll kill you in the most brutal fashion ever?" And he was like, "Hell yeah, mother, yeah, yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, and so these mother effing sharks <laughs> in this mother effing I don't Plane. know what they called submarine. I don't know what it was. Oh, true. Oh, that was an underwater base. The underwater base. 
<laughs> well, it was like half under. It was weird. That well, was cool. You know, it was, uh, it was the exact same kind of facility that they had in uh, Megalodon. Is the exact I, same I haven't seen Meg, uh, the Meg. You mean? Oh, uh, the Meg. And I haven't seen, seen it yet. That? It's Dude, again it's another totally one of underrated list. film. It's so good. Well, they're like making a sequel. Here. So if they're making they? a sequel, yeah, they made a sequel. Oh, Jason Statham. Yes. So I'll I'll see it at some point. I just haven't yet. Anyway. It's so good. Let's move on. Carl Weathers makes a total comeback. You don't see Carl Weathers for so long. No. All of a sudden, he's randomly in Arrested Development in a hysterical part, but then, like, disappears again and just makes a total comeback with The Mandalorian. Yep. Like, Carl Weathers is so cool. Like, but you think of Carl Weathers. I now think of Dude from Mandalorian. Yep. I think of Chubbs. Yep. From uh, Happy Gilmore. Uh, I think of Arrested Development, and then I think of um, Rocky. Right? Nice. I, I love Predator. I mean, that's oh that, yeah, and uh, Predator. The the handshake. Uh, you know, U S O B. Yeah. Yeah. Two flexing arms of the oh Mister Universe right there. Oh, it's so cool. That dude's a national treasure. He really is. Um, let's see who is next. My brain went blank. Steven Soderbergh. So Steven Soderbergh is one of those directors that. Um, uh, he kind of was really big for uh, a good chunk of time. And then I haven't really heard much about him, but like he did Sex, Lies, and Videotape. He did yeah. um, he did Traffic. Mm-hmm. And Aaron, then Aaron Brockovich. Aaron Brockovich. What did I say? Bro- Brockovich is what Bro- I said? Brockovich. <laughs> Rock that bitch. Yeah. Um, oh, he did Logan Lucky. That was pretty good. I don't think I saw that. Um, oh, gosh. I didn't realize that he directed hey. Magic Mike. He's an executive producer on Bill and Ted Face the Music. Got I saw that. that. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, of course we is, saw that. <laughs> and this is the biggest one uh, for me was Ocean's Eleven because I love that ah, back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. I, I love that movie. He did 11. He did He did 12 and he did 13. So, um, yeah, I liked Steven Soderbergh. Again, oh, he kind oh, of – Skinner Darkly? Whoa. That's right. Skinner Darkly. Nice. Uh, I always remember that scene in a Scanner Darkly where they're um, where they're in the car and he's talking about uh, the Beatles song where the person comes in through the window. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to watch that again because uh, it's so funny to watch them trip the whole time essentially, and it's yeah. like uh, it's it's really good animation. I love it. Yeah. Um, uh, after Steven Soderbergh, we have Emily Watson. Yes. I mean, great actress. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just what? Punch it on Glove, Red Dragon. I mean, she's got some really great stuff, and I, I, uh, I felt like I didn't appreciate her so much, but yeah. uh, even her role in Chernobyl. Did you uh, watch Chernobyl? Oh yeah. I need to watch it. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, either. it's so good. Oh, it's so good. But yeah, I do uh, think. When I do think of her, I think of Punch Drunk Love because yeah. uh, that was that movie just really uh, I don't know it just it clicked with me for some. We reason. were obsessed with that movie for at least a year. Oh, I think I think we watched it at least once a week. Yep, you'd quote yeah, and, and, it. You'd and quote if it not, we were listening to the soundtrack in some way, shape, or form. Someone would be talking, and you'd be like, "Shut, shut, 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 shut up!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or uh, you say like, "Oh yeah, I'm food. Uh, I mean, good." <laughs> Yeah, you must be hungry. Yeah, you must be hungry. <laughs> Love that movie. Uh, yeah. I would say that's probably uh, one of Adam Sandler's best films. Absolutely, and probably 
I mean, especially because it's so early in his career, I'd probably say one of his best movies that of the serious movies yes. that he's done. Yeah. Um, up Not next. comedic. Uh, yes. Up next is the undisputed last rock god. The last rock god. The last rock star yeah. of, of, that you could say has really done it. Dave Grohl. <laughs> this, yeah, man, seriously. this man broke his foot on stage went backstage, had them wrap it up, and he came back out in a wheelchair and finished his concert. This dude finished the whole tour sitting on a throne made of his old guitars. This man made a song that was the introduction for the x-files show way back in the day he what he did the X-Files? walking after you which is oh, my like the favorite. movie i'm sitting here thinking you're talking about oh yeah this is the movie yeah i'm sitting here going he did the theme but no yeah he wrote walking after you walking after you is one of my favorite yeah that plays in the the acoustic is my favorite oh yeah well yeah well that's an amazing song song, but i mean then you got there goes my hero you've got um, yeah those are my adrenaline songs yeah everlong man um everlong acoustic uh you know and then just the multitude of songs there's no right answer to what's your favorite foo fighters song right exactly the drummer for nirvana yes Um, exactly and i think that's what really started off his like he's the last rock star he's been associated with legends you know he's he's one of the last rock gods he really is who does things like this the dude who has uh drum battles with a 12 year old on oh nandi dude i love her and those videos they make together yes oh so like who does that these days the dude who on stage lets kids come up play the guitar to his songs and and then says you're better than i am yeah that's come on dude this is that's a stand-up dude dave Grohl is stand-up but i'll always love him as the devil yes pick of destiny yes and then his role most recently in uh bill and ted face the music that's right that's right that's (laughs) right they're in his house (laughs) oh man oh man okay we could say so much about dave Grohl, but we're gonna move on uh january 15th we have one person and it's regina king um Regina King was most recently on um, the show uh, on HBO Watchmen. Uh-huh. Um, and that that really kind of like for a lot of people, you know, people knew who Regina King was before, right? It's yeah. not like she's not a big name. But uh, Watchmen uh, really kind of uh, people were like looking at her now. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. this, 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 she's awesome. Um, but I, I also, I mean, I also, she played, uh, she played Riley Freeman and Huey Freeman on um, The Boondocks, one of your favorite shows. Yes. Oh, my God. I love that show so much. And then um, she was also in uh, Enemy of the State. She's Will Smith's wife in that movie. Uh-huh. Um, I loved that movie. Not that she was a huge role in there, but, you know, Boys in the Hood. And then she was also in uh, Big Bang Theory. She's the HR person that they're uh-huh. just always pissing off. And uh, <laughs> Jeremy Boyer has to live groove back. Uh, yeah, she's uh, she's a great actress. She is a great actress. Um, but yeah, I think Watchmen really put her back in the spotlight. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we got two more for you, people. Mm, January sixteenth, we've got John Frickin' Carpenter, <laughs> legend in his own right. Uh, 
if it's, a, if it's Halloween season, you're hearing his song play. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're watching his movies. You've got The Thing. You've got Halloween. Um, uh, Precinct, was it Precinct 13? Attack on Precinct 13? Is that what it's called? I don't um, remember that one. Oh, God, you got so many. Escape from New York, Escape from yeah. Los Angeles. Uh, so many great things. Uh, and John Carpenter, he's like, you just undisputed master of horror films. Exactly. Uh, and then... Oh, Big Trouble Little China. Big Trouble Little China. Yes! Yeah. Dude's awesome. Dude makes some good things, but he also focuses a lot on music now, too, which is awesome. Um, and then last, but mm-hmm. certainly not least, and I had to no. put her in here. Yeah. Sade. Because you can't... Not, yeah, let's look at her. You can't not hear smooth operator. <laughs> yeah. and just be happy that you're listening to some Sade. Like my dad listened to Sade. He would turn the system up, the sound system up in our house. Uh, and just I just remember smooth operator playing really loudly. And, and all her other songs. I mean, off the top of my head, I can't think right now. But she's got so many songs. And if I hear them, I'm like, oh, man, this is Sade. Like, this is some... This is this is baby making music right here. Yeah, this is, this is some sexy music. No, she's awesome. I like Sade. Yeah. I, I really, really do. So, um, happy birthday to our celebrities. Happy birthday! Without you, we would not be able to do what we do. And uh, let's get into some news. It's not a really big news day, which is great for me. Um, Ray Fisher, dude. This dude again. I praise him for coming out here and being like, uh, yeah all these WB people are awful, um, blah, blah, blah. I will never work with this person, blah, blah, blah. Like he's, he's doing the right thing, but it's also really costing him stuff. And, and now the big thing yeah. right now is that uh, rumor has it that um, Ray Fisher's the uh, cyborg has been written out of the flash movie. And he was supposed wow. to be a big part of it. It was supposed to be kind of wow. like a, a buddy thing with him and, and they can't recast him. Well, the thought process was to recast him, but, uh, you know, if they do it, they'll do it when the Flash makes Flashpoint happen, you know? Yeah, like, not not that I uh, want to discount uh, his points at all, but I do love uh, Cyborg, and I love the way he played it, but I, I do feel like other people could play that role. Not that, not that he didn't do a good job, just um, that they're having a conflict they can... You know. I think I think let's wait and see what happens. Um, yeah, I don't think Ray Fisher is going to be anywhere near WB anytime soon. Yeah, um, I, I think they'll recast Cyborg, but, at, Cyborg at some point. But honestly, they don't need Cyborg. He was not yeah. really an original. Uh, I if I, I want to see Cyborg in like the Teen Titans. Sure, so they did like a Teen Titans movie, and, and they still have that out. actor. Uh, excuse me. Well, the one he I was just recently watching uh, Doom Patrol. Oh yeah, which is Doom Patrol. Awesome. Oh, yeah. They have that guy. They can have him play, and it would be great. Are you watching Titans as well? No, but I'm. I'm gonna get on. You that. need to watch Titans. It's fantastic. <sighs> um, Rowan Atkinson is Mr. Bean. That's you mm-hmm. see Rowan Atkinson. You see Mr. Bean. Yeah. He uh, he just said that he hates playing Mr. Bean in live action. He says it's really stressful and exhausting. And you know what? Watching, I think watching that, I could say yeah, it probably yeah. is. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of that is improv, but a lot of that, I mean, imagine how long they had to roll to get those specific moments. Right, and you, you have know? to, yeah, the way he acts, it's very, like, he doesn't say anything. It's just like, and his neck is tense, and yeah. imagine how exhausting that is. And, I can imagine uh, that being hard. But, and then from Love Actually, 
he's just as funny, yeah. uh, but he doesn't have to do all those mannerisms and whatnot. He can be just as silly without actually being Mr. Bean. Didn't, but he, didn't he do like a James Bond spy flick that's supposed to be funny? Yeah, Johnny English. Johnny English. Did you see the new one? Uh, no, I think I saw the first one and it's funny, but it's essentially it's Mr. Mr. Bean. Bean and I again, like, he can speak. Uh, but I like Mr. Bean. Give me Mr. Bean all day. I will take both Bean yeah. movies. Those are fantastic. Totally. And I should, but I can get how someone can get exhausted over. Yeah. Role. Just right. look, look at, uh, Ash, you know, from the evil dead. Oh, and, yeah. uh, he's tired. Yeah, exactly. He's tired of it. Tired. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Ron movies. Atkinson's doing this, uh, most of his life. Yeah, exactly. Right. He's yeah. been doing it since we were born and before. So, um, moving on, Richard Kelly uh, did Donnie Darko, mm-hmm. director of Donnie Darko, and then he did um, the Southland Tales with uh, Justin Timberlake, and um, was the Rock in it? And yeah. wow, a bunch of actors, a bunch of big actors are in this movie. I own this movie on Blu-ray, and I wish I didn't because I think it's boring as hell. Uh, I think I don't think it's a great movie. You're gonna say something positive? No, I think it's boring. Uh, I don't like that movie, uh, and I was a big Richard Kelly fan. I was hoping that after Donnie Darko, this dude would make something amazing. Um, right, right. But part of uh, Southland Tales was actually filmed in Abilene, and I and I almost stayed there over the summer when he was filming it. Like a ton of my friends I know uh, were like um, hand like helpers on the set. Um, was Scott one? I don't think Scott actually did anything, but there was a girl that we Scott and I knew, and she was uh, Richard Kelly's right hand person. And oh. when he was, uh, when I remember y'all talking about, she that. was supposed to drive him to DFW to get on a plane, and she drove two hours in the wrong direction. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it sucks so bad. Yeah, oh. yeah, two hours in the wrong direction, um, and and then had to like. He missed his flight. Could you imagine that driving uh, a, at that point a big Hollywood uh, director? Uh, apparently, he was very nice about it, but um, but also imagine how nervous you are. Like you're on yeah, the road, with, you want somebody to be late to the airport, and yeah. you're just trying to map quest your way across the country. <laughs> anyway, Richard Kelly now says, I don't know, it, it's this whole big thing happening now where all these directors are like, wait, if Zack Snyder's going to get a director's cut, I want a director's cut. Um, yeah. Richard Kelly says he has a six-hour cut of Southland Tales, and I'm just like, do I and really? I haven't seen Southland Tales, but the thing is, is that people got to want it yeah. for you to get that cut. <laughs> so, I mean, make it. And you watch it all day and show it to your friends and create a buzz and maybe we'll watch it. <laughs> you know, I, want, I, want, I want George Lucas to go make a, a, a hour and a half cut of the prequels. Yeah, <laughs> the exactly. Star Wars prequels. Can we exactly. get that? Can we just get the cut of where we take out all the crap? Um, yes. Anyway, yeah. I would watch that. Yes, please. Yeah. There are a ton of other directors that I think deserve their director cuts before right. This gentleman, I, unfortunately, I, love, I hate to say it, but yeah, I would love to see David Ayer's uh, Suicide Squad director's cut. I, I do want to see that. I'm interested. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I don't, I don't know how much better it'll make it, but I'd, uh, see it. I'd like, I just like to see it. I'd just like to see what he does with it. Yeah. Um, Vin Diesel, man, Vin Diesel out here promoting Fast Nine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jan- May May twenty eighth. May twenty eighth is when uh-huh. it comes out. Twenty twenty one. And he's saying he goes, no, it is coming to theaters. We are not putting it to streaming. We are not putting it to VOD. It is going to theaters, and that's it. And I, you know what? I respect him for that. Yeah. Uh, maybe by that time, I'll have the vaccine, and I'll feel more comfortable going to a movie theater. 
Yeah, I think it should rest on that solely. I mean, the vaccine's coming out. I don't think that we're getting, people are getting vaccinated fast enough for that really to be viable. Right. But I do think that they should release both. So or, if you want to stay home, you can do it. But if you want to go watch it in the theater, you can do it. I do need to just find time that I can go to the uh, drive-in theater, like go to Coyote Theater in Fort Worth and... And maybe yeah. I'll watch it there for the first time. That'll be like my birthday present. Let's all go totally. see. Uh, let's let's all go see Fast Nine in the car. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good good for Vin Diesel for sticking to his guns. But don't pull a Christopher Nolan and put it out during the pandemic and get all pissy that your movie didn't do well. Right. And on top of that, don't be pissy that you caused a uh, a spike <laughs> with right. a super spreader event because you know how many people exactly from these past night movies are going to go see that movie in theaters. Right. It's right got away. nine freaking movies that come out to theaters. <laughs> yeah. Of course, so, people are going to keep it alive. Yeah, so please, <laughs> please I'm, let us watch it online too. I'm excited to see it though. I do love those movies. Yeah, but I totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah. And then last but certainly not least, coming to... America, nice. so the new Coming to America movie, um, is rated pre- PG-13, <gasps> not R like its predecessor. Oh! Uh, <laughs> no! Dude, then leave it alone! God! Sorry, guys. Uh, I, I don't get all whiny about this, but if you ain't gonna do it right, don't touch it. Uh, you know, and I don't remember... I, I'm gonna go back and watch that movie very soon. Because it is coming out in February to uh, right. Amazon, um, yeah. I don't I don't really remember why it's rated R in the first place. Uh, I remember some n- nudity in it. There's a little bit of nudity in the nudity in the beginning, but that's it. Um, but maybe it's because they cursed a lot, and maybe they're just not cursing in this movie. Maybe they um, maybe uh, they wanted to make it a little bit more family friendly. I have no clue. Uh, knowing Wait. that it's knowing that it's um, all the original people coming back that can. Uh, I think it'll still be funny. The trailer makes me laugh. So I really hope that we get another appearance from Sexual Chocolate, though. Did you see the trailer? <laughs> no, I haven't seen the trailer. Uh, well, wait, sorry, I watched it a while back, but I, I, I Sexual Chocolate's in it. Yes! Yeah. Oh yes. my god, yes! And I really need to see all the guys in the barbershop come back. Obviously, they're... Oh, they are. They are. They're in the trailer. Hall. Yes! Okay, I gotta, I gotta watch this trailer then. Yeah, you gotta watch it. I shouldn't, because... My favorite parts will be done, and then I won't like right. that movie yeah. when it comes out. I don't remember. I just remember Netflix seeing principles. these parts, so maybe <laughs> I'm just never going to watch the trailer again, and I'll just straight up watch the movie when it comes out Yeah, uh, and, and have no recollection of what happened in the trailer. Yeah, that's, um, that's the beauty of my mind. I will forget, and I'll be like, okay, cool, I'm good. Well, <laughs> I, with all that news, let's, uh, let's hear a word from our other sponsor. Let's do it. Hey, Danny, today's sponsor is an odd one. You mean more odd than our other days? <laughs> Touche. Well, they are the new company, Sal's Soldaway Spray Solution. Oh, yeah. I've heard of Sal. Their spray solution is said to help your soul stay tethered to your body. That's correct. Sal's Soldaway Spray Solution is guaranteed to keep your soul tethered or your money back. True. But you just have to prove it to get that money back. Our listeners will not have to prove it. That's what Sal is doing for us today. Thanks, Sal Soloway Spray Solution. Remember, one drop a day won't let your soul get away. Yay! All right, passengers, we're here for the uh, raw, uncut portion of our show. It is the uh, fantastic and always fun elevator pitch. Last uh, last week, I did the elevator pitch, and um, yeah. so this week, it's March turn. 
And uh, I've got three random words for him. He's going to tell our uh, fake um, or invisible movie producer uh, a movie pitch while on an elevator uh, in 30 seconds or less. And so, Mark, I've got your three words. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Your three words are hanger, shampoo, and wealthy. Huh. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> okay, I'm just going to go with what's in my head. It's really stupid. All right. Uh, Okay, so it's a sequel to uh, Billy Madison. And, uh, you know, the whole hotel industry thing did not really work out for him. But what he remembers from his uh, drunken flashbacks is the time that he, uh, you know, he, had, he created the jingle uh, with the, the swan shampoo. Uh, excuse me, the swan, uh, <laughs> what is it called? The spout for the bathtub. Stop yeah. looking at me, Schwann. And he's doing his shampoo, and he's just thinking, hey, I love shampoo. I'll just uh, make my own shampoo. And uh, unfortunately, one of his other former tycoon buddies who owns a hanger factory has also decided to <laughs> diversify and uh, create a shampoo line of his own. And they're having a similar idea, and they just are, are just going to go at it. And so it ensues a... A barrage of pranking back and forth. There's uh, bags of dog poo lit on fire, which people have to stomp out. Uh, this dude uh, figures out how to make him hallucinate and see a penguin again. Uh, there's all kinds of crazy, stupid stuff. I'm sorry that popped out. But uh, anyways, these wealthy guys go at it for a while, for about an hour and 20 minutes of wacky, fun times. Interesting. I pro- I'd probably watch it. So it would have been made in the '90s, so you could even you could even just copy paste it into a whole other movie without Billy Madison. It would still uh, it could still be kind of funny. Full of yeah. stuff. I don't know why. When I saw shampoo, that I immediately thought, "Stop looking at me, Swan." Hey, better so, better than where my head went on that one. Okay, we might have to talk about that one off air. I went pretty dark. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I had a dark thought too, and I was like, "No, no, no, no." no. Mine was uh, mine was going into American <laughs> Psycho territory. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I, mine was very similar to that, and I was like, "That's no, 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 no uh, not for the air." <laughs> Not for the airwaves. Stop it, brain. Stop yeah, it. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. You and me, Danny and I might laugh about this, but we cannot publicize that idea. Okay? Stop, Stop. it, brain. Stop it. <laughs> Be better. Be better. Be better. And on that note, I hope everybody enjoyed our show today and that uh, we were able to uh, allow you to de-stress from our most recent crazy times in America. And uh, we thank you so much for your listenership. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to pop culture elevator. We love you passengers. And remember, if you want to contact us, you can reach us at popcultureelevator at gmail.com, Instagram at popcultureelevator, Twitter at PCE podcast, and our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash popcultureelevator. Thank you again for listening. We will see you next Wednesday.